Yep, so we're live. We're doing a cover. I bet I guess we should the elephant in the room of Eric Carlson trade probably should be discussed. I already made a tweet about it. Um oh yep, and, and someone already is asking. Time for the Eric Carlson takes. I think it's pretty easy. Like well, first off, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through my quick case for why this is not a bad deal for the sharks. Is that okay with you? Sure. You talk. Okay, Tell okay. me when the talk. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome to disagree. I think most people will. Uh, I think that the Sharks not only get a first round pick, which if you would have told me a year ago that the Sharks made this deal before the Norris season, and I get that, of course, now his value may have gone up slightly. I think everyone would have agreed it was a good deal. And the fact that they are capitalizing on how good of a year he had just not quite getting a hundred percent of the value because they didn't do it at the deadline is still not that bad. And they may be able to move Hoffman for assets at the deadline. And I think that's the only way, like if they don't do that, if they don't move Hoffman at the trade deadline, I'm not going to give them, you know, the A that I'd like to give them here um, more like a B, but I really don't think they did a terrible job um, actually acquiring an asset for a contract that people were talking about at the time as being one of the worst in the league um, before the Norris season. And, and not taking advantage of it at all would have been a complete disaster. Not getting full value isn't perfect. So you know what? I will settle that B-plus for the Sharks. Matt, okay. what are your charts from the, the, the Sharks? Your thoughts from the Sharks' perspective? Yeah, I'm hoping we're not sharing any uh, Sharks here, but... uh. The main thing that I think really needs to be considered when thinking about trades like this is last year we saw the exact same thing. Brent Burns got shipped out for free. Like at some point, assets that are distressed, you know, maybe they're a little old, maybe they're a little expensive, maybe they're injury prone, maybe they're all three. Um, They have different value to different teams. Like teams are in different cycles. It's really just a base economics lesson in that Eric Carlson had zero value to the San Jose Sharks. He might he might actually have negative value because he probably single-handedly yeah. won them some games that they didn't deserve to win. Um, you know, did he keep them from winning up the lottery? Maybe. <laughs> like, you know, there's there's zero incentive, no matter what price tag he's at, for them to have a star player like Eric Carlson. When you layer on the fact that he's very expensive and that the owner is shelling out eleven and a half million of his own dollars into Eric Carlson's pocket this season, like yeah, that money has to go somewhere, blah blah blah, because the salary cap and the salary floor. But when you are in this sort of rebuild, that asset has zero value to you. That asset has a lot of value to other teams, such as the Pittsburgh Penguins. So extracting a first out of the the, the Penguins, I mean, that sounds like an absolute win. I know the Grandland contract probably warrants that of itself. Like, I mean, that contract is awful. Um, So, you know, you can't say that's like an A++ deal for the Sharks or anything. I get it. But there's really no reason to think that the Sharks did poorly there. They did right by Eric Carlson, which is growing more and more in the NHL. And, you know, as we've seen in other leagues, the Stars do command a lot of power, a lot of gravity toward their wants. You know, they drive the product. And teams are kind of starting to buy into that and it makes it a lot more fun. So, you know, I think that's a big part of it too, just for me. Like I think they actually did really well by Eric Carlson. Um, And yeah, it's pretty exciting for the outlook of the 2023 Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, If only because this could be the last chance we get to to see, you know, Sidney Crosby playing at his top peak level, last shot as seeing Evgeny Malkin, you know, so um, it's really just 
fun all around is more than it is good or bad like it's just a lot of fun and it's nice to see teams that understand their role as currently constructed you know we see a lot of teams like the islanders and the flyers just do stupid shit over and over and over again expecting something to change that's not what's happening here we're seeing teams understand what their purpose is for the upcoming seasons actually taking steps to ensure their team's best success in the future and so that's good like we like that we don't want to see a league that's just a bunch of teams trying to grind out 86 points and make the playoffs on the final day that's enough so this is good yeah yeah with some cool fantasy yeah 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 so we'll we'll get into everything uh first off i i hope this is a callback is this a filter are you actually in your basement I think every best ball streamer should have a basement filter, even if they're not in their basement. But Matt is always in his basement. He's a best ball streamer. So yes, I think it is the universal, um, you know, the universal background for streaming best ball is being in your basement. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, um, uh, yeah th- I mean, yes. Th- thank you. Uh, and I am wearing it. I think you should leave hat. Uh, I'm glad you noticed. Matt didn't notice at first. He wasn't looking, but yes, uh, I am just here for the zipline. Yeah. The Grandland situation, as Matt kind of alluded to, it's like, the Penguins had to do that to make this trade possible. And I'm really like, that's the one part of it where I, I do see, like, if you're like going to be negative on the Sharks, it's like they take on that contract for two years and they only get a first while moving Carl. It's like, you can kind of make that argument that that contract, like Matt did, said is like worth the first round pick to move um, in a vacuum, but it's a win for the Penguins. Like, I don't think anyone could argue this isn't a win for the Penguins because of what Matt said, they're going for the cup now. And that brings us to the last comment we got here. You know, I'm paying one in every draft. Like I really am kind of sticking to that. It does feel like in the NFL where I'm basically not leaving a draft without one of the dolphins or the, you know, the, the Eagles running backs, or maybe another team in the mix there where it's like, one of these guys might hit. It kind of feels like the penguins, like one of these guys is going to smash their value, uh, especially in the later rounds. Like one of these guys is going to find that role and play with Eric Carlson a good amount, and it's just going to happen. Um, so we'll get into a draft. We'll get into a couple things. Um, the, the rankings still aren't working for me on, on, on Puck Luck. Matt, can you, you want to share your screen? Sure. Uh, by yeah. the way, for, for, our, uh, for our video listeners, I'm going to be playing that piano behind me in an upcoming segment. So, you know, I, yeah, you Matt, Matt, the whole time. I'm actually in my um, whatever this is a home with yep. a living room and a separate room for the piano. So um, yeah, it, it's perfectly sunny there. out on the on the East Coast at nine o'clock right now. It's it'll be real. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm coming at you <laughs> live from the Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the audio listeners are wonderful. All right, let's go back. Yes, we are talking. Strap, so. Um. <laughs> I don't have, I used to have mine right next to my desk here. My Sephora was there. My Sephora strap. That was a that was a bachelor party oh idea that that went perfectly. Could not have gone better. Um, uh, Matt, wait. So yeah, uh, share your screen. It looks like I'm getting buried in the comments, so I think it's time to move on. All right. So um, <laughs> yes, as I'll add it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so as uh, we've alluded to. We are able uh, to share um, the initial draft of the Puck Luck Best Puck uh, Rankings. So zoom in, uh, zoom in a um, bit. You could, yeah, make it a little bigger. So uh, Puck Luck J, uh, follow him on Twitter or go to puckluck.com and you know check out the site um, if you haven't. Uh, 
broke i broke the website okay um be sure to follow him and make sure that you're like you know uh, subscribing to his website and all that stuff uh, a lot of good stuff here uh for dfs for fantasy for sports betting for underdog pickums you know everything is basically covered specific to you on puck luck so be sure to check it out um he has put in a lot of work to establishing kind of three unique uh kind of projections that we're mushing together to create a set of rankings. Um, so it's going to surprise absolutely no one that the top four are the top four uh, in the underdog, you know, ADP uh, lobby. McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Matthews, you know, there's really nothing fancy to that. There's really nothing more to talk about. Um, but I think the the thing that, you know, that I personally, having looked into some of the back end numbers, um, because, Really what's important here are the rank and the tier and obviously the player in the position. Um, the stats are just sort of context to why the rankings and the tiers are set up in the way that they are. Um, but this isn't actually all of the data that sort of goes into this. So one, there's sort of like this baseline projection, which, you know, obviously for McDavid, it's absolutely bonkers because he's an unbelievable player on an unbelievable team with a really strong power play. You know, whatever. We get it. Um, you can see for different players, you know, all the all the stats, all the projections, but also going on in the background are we're trying to layer in sort of not this isn't just a season long draft, you know, this is a draft where come the end of the season, if you are in the top, you know, two of your specific league that you're in, you exit your pod and you join another pod where you're looking for two weeks of upside. Um, you're looking for you know correlation. And you're looking for positional value based on the draft board. So this is sort of an attempt to take these baseline projections, layer on this sort of per game uh, reliability of players. You know, if we're not projecting players based on injury history to play a ton of games, maybe we want to boost them up a little bit because still on a per game basis, they could be those differentiators come the playoffs. Uh, we're also layering in some ceiling projections, you know, Sometimes McDavid goes absolutely psycho mode instead of 154 points. Maybe he has 170 this year. Maybe he says, I want to score a goal per game and has 80 goals. Who knows? Hockey's a volatile sport. So there's also an element of not just the median projection or the average projection, but a ceiling projection. And in this case, that's, I believe, the 75th or 80th percentile outcome uh, for a given player. And so these things are going on in the background and these sort of help to define these rankings and tiers. So, um, you know, we can go through every single player with a fine tooth comb and, you know, whatever, but I think it is worth calling out a few specific players um, just sort of because we've seen the market move to an extent that, um, you know, Roman Yossi, for instance, he's down here, the number 11, he's a tier two defenseman should be second off the board based on puck luck after Kale McCarr. And a few players ahead of Rasmus Dahlin in this second tier. Um, DJ, I know you were getting Yossi at pick 30, you know, a few weeks ago. Now Yossi's a bit more in the, you know, 20s range. Um, but, you know, how does, does that feel right to you that Yossi is like all the way up here with the Jason Robertson sort of back of the first round type players? Uh, I... Mm. I think it's a little bit high at 11 personally, just because of like how bad Nashville probably is going to be offensively. But with that caveat, you could just remember what Eric Carlson did last year, a hundred points with a team that arguably doesn't have 
once they shipped out Timo Mayer, does not have a superstar like Philippe Forsberg. So I think you can make the argument either way. I would almost say that I'd put Dalvin almost at the same, like it's very close to me. I think it's, it's a lot so, closer so, than people might think. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. what this and, is saying. That's, yeah. 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 And then that's another thing when you're doing ordinal rankings, you know, one, two, three, those are very different, but these tiers sort of define the, yeah. uh, the truly are sort of the more uh, logical breaking points. Honestly, if it up to me, I'd probably put McDavid in tier one and everyone else in tier two and sort of distribute down from there. Um, but, you know, I get yeah, it at yeah. some point. Obvious, obvious thing is obvious. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I also kind of like the way that the goalies are interspersed because um, obviously there's really no direct uh, uh, like comparison between Igor Shosturkin's 900 points that he's projected for here and, you know, you have to go to Pasternak until you find a guy with 900 projected points, um, you know, all the way up at pick six. And so what this is, you know, a very clear indicator of is sort of the positional replacement value. Like, how yeah. easy is, is it to find a goalie that has 900 points in his range? Like, yeah, it's a lot easier to find a goalie like that than it is to find a wing. Or more importantly, exactly. how easy it to find a goalie with 800 points, you know, in this range versus 900. Um, and, you know, so that's sort of where this, uh, like, comparison comes in. So I've been poking through these. You know, I've been talking to Jay with about some questions I have. Obviously, nothing is going to perfectly match my worldview. Um, but, you know, having spent a bit of time in this, they seem really thoughtful. Jay's always had a response to any sort of questions that I bring up. Um, so I'm interested to dig in more and to sort of imp implement these into my drafting process to see if there's anyone who maybe I'm a bit light on or overly heavy on. Um, so, you know, this is I, yeah, a great, add, you should check out Puck Luck. Um, DJ, go ahead. I, I'll add three notes and, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of them. Number one, that these rankings are factoring in where these players are being drafted and will get updated over time That's because yes. okay so if you okay yeah if you look through um you'll see again their point projections you can see um a, a couple other things if you download the entire file and you might be thinking well why would i you know this ranking it is factoring in adp these are adjusted and that honestly could not make more sense if you come over from football where Patrick Mahomes is very likely going to outscore most of these receivers going in the first round, but you don't take Patrick Mahomes in the first round if he's not going in the first round because of the replacement value. And, and I think that that correlation between goalies and, and uh, quarterbacks makes the most sense is in a drafting vacuum, which is why that you'll notice that right there where like, if you actually take the ranking of Igor, I think he's like second or third in projected, like uh like peak outcome type of situation but he's not our third ranking by any stretch because that would be stupid to just start drafting him third when you don't have to. Um, mm. So that'd be number one. Number two, uh, and Matt, you could touch on this a little bit more. You might also notice some of the gameplay projections being a little bit odd. Uh, there's a lot of time and thought put into them. Um, but uh, if you, you know, if you don't agree with them or if you want to factor them out a bit, it, it's pretty easy to do. And within the downloaded portion of this, you can do kind of an upside uh, perspective, which is listed. So I, I can share, I'm going to share my screen for the draft. Yeah, I'll kind um, of show that uh, within the, within that. So um, that's number two, Matt, you. Yeah. Uh, I, the, you know, the, the goalies I think are the most unique part of fantasy hockey drafting in all honesty. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, an interesting puzzle, and I think this is at least an honest attempt to quantify something that you know, for the most part, we're just sitting here throwing up our hands and saying we don't know. Um, yeah. All right, Dylan's Dylan's question here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll um, it up. Yeah, so this is pretty. Uh, so what you're gonna find in projecting goalies is that a lot of the time it's mostly going to mirror playing time than it is actual goalie talent or performance, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, wins are super important, but you can't get wins if you're not playing games. And the easiest way to rack up points, you know, you get more points for a save, um, you know, for you get more points for 10 saves than you do for a win, let's say. Um, so, like, you know, if you're seeing 30 to 35 shots, even if you lose, you're getting positive points added to your score. Um, so... I would be careful to sort of layer on your like, oh, this team's not going to be as good type takes um, just because really not important when it comes to something as basic as like the season long median projection for a goalie. Um, just because any goalie that sees 60 starts is going to almost certainly outscore a goalie that has 45 starts. Um, you know, I, I don't know what Lena Solmark's uh, like, full-on season numbers are but my guess is jordan bennington with 62 starts that he had last year even though he was pretty bad is not going to be all that far away from him just because it's really hard to make up those points uh when you're not playing as many games as other goalies um you know it's it's just you're guaranteed to accrue stats as you're starting games and so that's the most important thing um so yeah yeah. for the audio for the audio listeners by the way the, the question was just basically like does uh, team's projection factor into your goalie rankings? And like, I think Matt kind of took the long way to get to the the root of the answer more than like a short answer, which is like, it doesn't not matter at all, but like it, it, the playing more games is way more important than if your team is good. Um, okay. okay. Matt, are we, are we moving? Uh, what do you want to do? Yeah. Should so yeah, I'll, I'll pull up my yeah. screen. So yeah, just, just so you can see, uh, but first off, this is paywalled. If you're not a member on puckluck.com, um, you can also just sign up for $50 to get all of eventually all of the stuff that we're going to have. We still don't have the underdog data. I've been told for over a week now that I'll have it any minute. Um, they are it's really, they just don't like it. I don't blame the guy emailing me. Like, I think he genuinely is asking and they're just like, we're working on football. Like it, what do you, what do you want us to do? And it's like, Football's stupid. I mean, I'm drafting like thousands of dollars in contests, but like I'm gonna lose. Like, give me the hockey. I want my money. Um, so yeah, you can download it though, like I said, and if, I'm not gonna zoom in too much, but you probably see a little bit. This is upside over here. So there's all this upside stuff. I, I will also add that this will all be coming to the brick draft caddy, hopefully soon. I don't know. I mean, he seemed really want like wanting to jump right on this uh, when I talked to him today. And he actually said like he might try to get the keys. Like I want to look what I can do for the guide me tool, um, which I kind of showed a little bit that it didn't work for hockey last time, but eventually he wants to make that work. And like, I mean, if he's going to, you know, if he's going to join these lobbies, they're going to get a lot sharper. I hate to tell you that right now, but they're, they're gonna. So um, I think as this sport grows though, it's only going to help, you know, everyone overall. What were you going to say? Yeah, um, I'm just let me let me see Brick build a NHL season long sim, and then I'll believe that it's going to get a lot sharper. No, but no, we did it. No, we did it for him. That's we already did it. That's the thing. He's like, thank you. Now I now I'm just going to factor it. Like I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like I don't think. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, also me and Matt have talked about breaking up this podcast just to try to get on moles, but we just don't have the clout yet. So we need to get a little <laughs> bit bigger before we're able to have um, a breakup. So yeah, I think we're going to draft here. I told him I thought Tim Robinson sucked and was a shitty human being, and that almost yeah. tore us to shreds. So, um, well, because it's yeah. like, but like blatantly lying to me is just stupid. And I, like, I know <laughs> you don't feel that way. All right, I'm gonna. Close All right, we uh, we joining a draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see where it's at. I know one ran pretty recently. Uh, only waiting on okay. five. Okay, that's not right, bad. Cool. Um, okay, yep. Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm just gonna grab my exposures okay. again and see if I'm. No, I want. I want to share this. Why does it keep? Okay, let's see if that works. Okay. Sorry, For some reason, my exposure stopped showing uh, today. I'm not really sure what happened. Yeah, it, it still says I have zero percent Leon, which is, I, it's not only wrong. I'm pretty sure I've like actively drafted him a bunch. Um, let's think here. No, I can just go here. We we'll come back. Um. Yeah, let's get these. I have 35 down, but I have like a ton that are just reaching the finish line. Uh, this is probably why, because it still says 24. Cool. How many times do I have to click apply? There it is. Yeah, you you need to hit apply 74 times for it to update. I do not understand. Like, uh, <laughs> everyone it's says you know, my website's so great, but man, uh, <laughs> I not for hockey. Have to uh, go to. I open up my app and go to the DK best or uh, the best ball player exposures. It works. It works, it's, man. It, it updates like the hockey no. or the underdog doesn't update sometimes. I don't get it. You There's know what? No I, oh, wow. He's back folks. He's freaking back. Influencer 101. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to take, <laughs> I have not as much with David. I have been, I have been in the three and four spots so many times. It seems like every other draft is three. Yeah. Or four. I, uh, so, yeah. I wanted to. I was thinking about sharing my exposures while I was up, um, while I was screen sharing. But uh, let's see, my twenty sixth team is not twenty five point seven percent. Matthews, I'm a sick boy. <laughs> yeah, let's see. So right now I'm at sixteen percent. Matthews, sixteen percent. McDavid, um, and so yeah, I. Yeah, just asked how many drafts deep we are. I am at the 50 mark exactly with the very, very, very last. But I mean, it says I have 15 drafts still in slow, but they're all like done. I've stopped joining slow drafts for now. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to wait for us to get more data at 50 and get the ranking set. Like this is what I did last year. I did 50 drafts right away, almost the entire first 50 lobbies, which that didn't work out exactly this year uh, with the first 50 because I went golfing on the first day, which <laughs> And I just already booked a tea time. I didn't know it was going to launch. Um, so, yeah. And then I waited. I got everything kind of set. And I did 50 with a bit more insight and knowledge without kind of my, uh, you know, free pro caprice off in the second round that started last year. You know, my, you know, your, your kind of uh, Jack Hughes at, at 90 that I got early on that went away. But now I get the other edge. So I'm kind of trying to use those different windows, those different kind of uh, thought process to kind of get uh, all put together. Uh, I'll say a couple things while you're making your pick here, and then we'll kind of go over the start. Um, number one, I really, really, really would suggest joining slow drafts if you're okay with doing that. I know some people just hate it, but um, I noticed that you can get a lot more correlations. I think in all sports, not just hockey, by do 
people just having more time and looking through weighing their options and realizing that like taking this winger here or completely missing on the correlated piece down the line. You just, I just feel like I've ended up with a lot of teams that I really, really like in the playoffs with, you know, two, three stacks with, you know, kind of shorter stacks. And I, I, we have some questions surrounding stacking in general, we'll kind of get to, but I would highly recommend trying to, you know, even if you want to do like 150 or if you're not maxing, you know, any kind of variant of that, I really would suggest running some slow drafts if you uh, have the the bandwidth to have your phone buzzing at all hours. Um, so yeah, uh, this is asked, how would we get our exposures to show? That is the brick draft caddy. I think I can, oh, no, I'm not sharing it. Um, I'll show after, because I'm only sharing like my individual draft, but it also it's really, really helpful for football because as I'm highlighting here, it'll show you as you're drafting the capital that you're exposing your team to with positions which is exactly what I want. So I like use this very, very hard uh, when I'm drafting in football because I think it's probably my most important thing is like making sure I'm reaching these different buckets. We're not going to have that for hockey, but I don't think you need it. Like the 3733 is so strong. I, I don't think you need to vary from it much. So worrying about these buckets doesn't really matter. Um, the guide me tool here on the side will eventually work for hockey uh, if you can make it and, I'm going to click it and turn it on, but I'm going to actually click it and turn it back off because it's not going to help me right now. But yeah, it's $25 a month, I believe, for the caddy. And that also gets you a bunch of sportsbook stuff and eventually DFS content. Uh, Matt, you're on the clock again, so I'll pass it back to you. Uh, thanks so for asking. I'm at, this is my 27th draft. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where I'm at. Draft-wise. The Chuck Thompson start. I do enjoy that. Yeah. Um, just taking the guys who fell a bit past ADP. Don't really have a strong case for or against either of those. Um, it was kind of ranting in their Kachuk for me. And I don't know. I really, I, I should take more ranting and I wanted to do this last year and I didn't. And obviously he went completely nuts. Um, but yeah, I took Matt Kachuk because whatever um middle of the draft is kind of rare for me i'm very much underweight on like the the jack hughes like uh basically i've been getting a lot of the 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 bookends of drafts um like i have 20 percent kucherov um just because you know in the back half of the first early second i'm just picking him up um so i'm getting a lot of sort of front or back end of drafts, not a ton of the middle. And that's why I'm missing out on guys like Kachuk and Rantanen and pasta from like my overall profile at the moment. Um, so we'll see that that'll probably even out as we go, but I won't complain if you want to give me 50% of the top four centers. I, I have no, I have no complaints before I've, where I've been drafting currently. Man, they are, they are one and two with each other, but I'm going to, I'm going to continue to take Nylander here over Hyman. Um, I get the correlation. I'll let I'll let the other guy take it. Uh, I'll go. I, I've been taking Sorokin over Vasi a lot, so I don't really mind that. I was 50-50 between the two. Um, yeah, I um, think we talked about it on the first show about Hyman being a bit early, and I will point out that a he's ranked really high in our system. B he was really really good last year. Uh, just I still think that Nylander is a, a bit of a better take overall. Um, 750.5 for Hyman last year in the scoring system. I think is his peak um, for sure. 
uh, Nylander at 770, and I really think that's a bit more indicative of how good of a player he really is. Um, the rates are better, et cetera. So Matt, back on the clock, Tage, and the Chuck. Really, really fun start there. How does he cap it? I am going to grab UC Soros because yeah, basically avalanche was hitting. the ADP monsters really came for uh, all the wings there. I'm not taking Svechnikov at that price um i'm just a bit worried about injuries and just the team and you know it, once we have more certainty on whether he's good to go for game one then then i'll sort of you know be a bit more on board but i yeah. think there's a bit of risk just because you know he's not likely to have a 90 point season and like taking him this high i kind of want that to be in the bag um so i'll take a goalie who i think can be the number one goalie in the position in sorrows um you know, and just make sure I have my building block in that. So, okay, this this is a good question because I, we are starting to reach the point about uh, you know when ADP is going to get a bit more settled. Uh, so at the moment, I would say it's. I mean, we're only what fifteen percent of drafts in, so there's still so much time for things to move, and they definitely will every single day. But I think it's starting to get to a point where it's pretty relevant. And after the rankings get out there, and more and more people are using it, it'll probably move even more. Um, so I think um, it's probably last know, year we but... yeah last year we saw when Dom Lachishan at the Athletic launched his fantasy rankings, or you know, his literally his fantasy projections for the year. Uh, we saw steam on a lot of guys, um, Mo Cider being one of them. Just so some guys will get steamed up and down the board, but I don't think there'll be anything nearly as wild as like the hey, uh, every goalie is moving back, you know, five spots in the first round or whatever that we saw like in the first week of ADP. I think it'll be more individual player based, and the best way to sort of I think track that would be to just you know make sure when Dom launches his projections you're taking a look and comparing you know adp wise using underdog scoring systems uh you can bet that the guys who are high on his list as far as using the scoring uh, settings and just applying them to his projections those guys will steam up boards um so that's really the main thing to watch out for and of course injuries and you know training camp buzz but that's very rare you know like first yeah, yeah. you're not gonna see much um unless someone gets you know literally hurt for a couple months or something yeah yeah i think that honestly the only situation i can really think of is the jack eichel the high ankle sprain right before the season started like and it, it just does not happen very often mm-hmm. but um yeah jake gensel news of the day i did uh, retweet it out there but dubis said like five games was the hope which is pretty optimistic uh, around five games is kind of a projected number, but it's medical. So you never want to put a lock on it, et cetera, but that would probably be the best case scenario that he misses five games. Um, but that was not, not the original tweet. So keep an eye on it. I think anywhere between five and 15 is probably the number, which is like, again, better than we initially thought for Jake Gensel. Yeah, if it's five games, it's almost inconsequential. I don't think that matters yeah. whatsoever. If it's closer to the, you know, if it's closer to the fifteen game range, and obviously that's where we start to dock him a bit. But for now, no, uh, really, no worries on, on my part. All right. Um, yeah, I'm mega tilting over here because I cannot, for the life of me, get uh, my draft caddy to show up on the page. So um, I'm. 
I'm struggling with that while trying to pay attention to the draft. But I assume DJ, you're doing good things, and um, you're not gonna um, mess it up having you to start. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of friends and family in here. Uh, Nobo did take Gensel. I think, um, yeah, a little bit above ADP. Um, and I think it's like again, he kind of moved down quickly, and this guy I think is now with this news going to come back. Uh, Dertushkin updates. I mean, the only one I saw was that like he's probably uh, going to play. Yeah, no, there's but absolutely nothing. Like it sounds absolutely nothing with Nachushkin. Um Apparently, he's healthy. All the off ice stuff has been completely settled. There's no charges pending. No discipline coming either. There really doesn't seem to be much to that whole situation in the playoffs. So um, he's he's had this nagging foot ankle injury for the last year or two years, um, but. We don't know anything about that other than, you know, he's probably at a slightly higher re-injury risk than, you know, other players, but uh, that that's not a concern. Like, you know, it's just a normal injury concern, really. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got the turn. I think Evander Kane for my second winger, which I think, again, I think his, like, ceiling on the season is just as high as Nylander's, honestly. Um, again, that would be kind of giving him some power play one role, which just didn't really happen. Does he correlate perfectly with McDavid? No, but everyone does. And I also get my correlated piece with Bouchard. As Matt mentioned, when you take McDavid, it really moves Bouchard up the list. Yeah, if I have a defenseman at the turn that I really like, uh, sometimes I might take Darlene when I take McDavid. Sometimes if I can get Yossi, I'll do it. But um, I'm totally fine. I think Bouchard's probably going to end up moving up the board, not because of how much higher he's going to project on the season, which should be better, obviously, than last year, but just because of the McDavid Drysdale drafters kind of pushing him up there. Uh, you see that in the NFL all the time. The next question we got was about Adam Fox. His ADP has completely tanked the first couple of weeks. Correct. He goes right here, actually, exactly, to uh, one of our friends in the draft. I believe it's Noah just took him here at 53. Um, let's quickly pull up the rankings. Where do we have him ranked? You're probably wondering. Uh 40. So, what D number? Can you count that? Or oh, no? Wait, oh, hold on. He's after Carlson, Dalvin, Yossi, Hamilton. So five? Wait, okay. Yeah. One, two, three. yeah, five. I think it's probably a little high. But let's see. Where's I... yeah, Bouchard, Bouchard down the list at 59? I mean, yeah, that is an interesting, honestly. Like, I feel like Fox and Bouchard are pretty much. Yeah, Fox I mean, is drafted. Sorry, Fox is being drafted as D six right now, just behind Dougie. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And stacking Adam Fox is, is fine too. Um, fine. Yeah. The main thing is we know who Adam Fox is. We know he's an outstanding player who doesn't do a lot from a fantasy standpoint. You know, he picks up points because he's on that power play and he's really good at distributing in five on five and whatnot. Um, it's just he doesn't shoot much. He doesn't really block shots and he doesn't hit people. So you're sort of missing that like elite ceiling season long outcome. Um, but, you know, again, he's part of a pretty good power play, I, I think, um, especially if Lavi can, you know, tighten things up um, on the power yeah, play yeah. there. Um, so, you know, you're looking for him as more of the correlation ceiling type player versus other defensemen who, you know, that they're going to be a bit more season long, you know, upside case, like top demon elite type upside. I don't think Adam Fox is that guy from a fantasy standpoint. Um, which is why I don't really take him, but yeah, correlate the hell out of it. And there's really no problem for my book. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, it's going to be a two-parter. You're going to have to answer question one, then question two in the playoffs. 
this year, how many points did Evan Bouchard have in 12 games? DJ, I read these stats off uh, last week. So uh, Evan Bouchard played 12 games, and I believe he had 19 points. 17 points, 15 on the power play. 15 on the power play of his his 17. That's incredible, too. Just, like, realizing how good that power play is and and how much they use it. I mean, that they do. He shoots a ton of shots from that point on the power play. Um, I do think that's important to note. Yeah, he's just – He's just awesome. Um, you know, he, he's an awesome, uh, awesome fantasy player. He's an awesome power play player. And him playing with Eckholm means he should have a pretty solidified top five or top four role um, on the blue line. So, yeah, there's absolutely nothing not to like about Mr. Evan Bouchard. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so, yeah Noah correlated with Spin and Jed also. Yes, thank you for noticing. I mean, we are the, the thing is, if anyone else tried to join the best puck space, they would just immediately see all of my thumbnails and they'd run because they know there's just no topping anything I'm producing. Um, we do have a question, but Matt, what were you going to say? No, I was, I'm just sort of, uh, Olmark is ADP 50. I don't really like that. I honestly I think I prefer Sam Sonoff straight up to Olmark. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, like Olmark is obviously coming off of one of the best seasons ever. Maybe he gets 50, 55 starts. We'll see. Um, you know, it, it, there's really not much more I can say other than I think uh, I just want some Olmark. And if I'm going to get him 16 spots after ADP without any obvious wing or D options for me to take, then I'm happy to do so because I don't really need a center, which are littering the top of the board here. Yeah, that is bound to happen in a friends and family draft here. Um, don't Don't love it. It's about to be me at the turn here, and I have just been – yeah, I've been put in quite the situation. A, a one, two, one, one start. Wait, what were you saying? I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm trying to open the draft caddy, and it just gives me the red status, nothing, and just my exposure will not show up. I So I'm drafting blind. This is fun. Okay. i really going to jump up how, this many ADP spots and grab, like, freaking connect me. You know what? I might just take Barkov for, for fun. I haven't taken Barkov once. I, think Barkov I considered him game. with uh, with Kachuk, but you know, I, I know how I know I how the Panthers it. operate. They're they're not actually going to play the game. Uh, I hate it, but I'm doing it, and I think I'm doing it just to take Montour. And I'm just going to draft all of the all of the wingers later on. I think I'm just going to do it. Something weird, something unique and weird for me. Um, I never, I never get out of pick 73 with two wingers ever, especially with McDavid start, but um, I'm fine with it. I'm probably not tapping center D again for quite some time. Uh, we're about to hit the second wave of goalie avalanche coming up here soon. So I might end up missing it on the turn, but a lot of people have grabbed at least one goalie at this point. Um, yeah, this draft is just, again, like you got to feel out the lobby in any draft you're doing. Like if you join a football draft and it's, uh, you know, wide receiver avalanche room, you have to adjust it. Most of your drafts that you do in hockey are going to be winger avalanche rooms when you're doing it with smart people. If it's not, you know, count your blessings, but when, when it is, you might as well just take a unique correlation like I just did there, which I don't think a lot of people are going to end up with uh, McDavid and Barkov. It's doable, but you know, it's not likely to be done very often because you know you're not taking him at 54 often but at 72 it's kind of like how long can you go this is the guy that was getting drafted what the first round last year i think his adp was around uh, yeah. 13 or 14 
Um, yeah. He was going in the he was he was he and Matthew Kachuk were the Brady Tim Stutes love this season, where people are just double tapping them at the twelve thirteen. Exactly, exactly. So uh, the next question, which which is going to be kind of hard to do on the fly here, but I do love the question, is would you guys take the time to do your worst and best picks in each round? And and like I will do that, and we can kind of do it a little bit on the fly. But to me, I don't know. I don't know in the top like maybe eight rounds if it's incredibly like as wide of a disparity in a lot of these players. Um, I mean, really, what it comes down to is just like it's an interesting. Actually, no, I, I continue to like think about this in different ways. I would go through it. I mean, I, I don't even have to think too hard though because so, I can just look at my exposures. But yeah, I literally ranked the top sixty-seven players and I tried to give it a faithful sort of execution. So um, maybe after this draft, we can go through that or something and just sort of, you know, oh, yeah. the ADP ordering is different and sort of, because you know, otherwise you're just sort of setting arbitrary, you know, oh, one through 12 ADP, who's your favorite, least favorite. Like, I don't know, that's yeah. something, but it's not that interesting because like obviously McDavid versus Barkov, like, or sorry, not Barkov, McDavid versus, you know, Jason Robertson. Like, yeah, <laughs> obviously yeah. Jason yeah. Robertson is the worst pick there. Um, but that's not really useful because, you know, it's not like you can get McDavid from there. So something okay. like that. The first, the first round is, the first round is really tough. And like McDavid um, really does feel like he's on yeah. such a higher level. Uh, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, just uh, he followed it up with uh, the landmines and best puck are so much more than in the other sports. And that's because people who aren't paying attention are just trusting ADP to take guys like Patrick Kane and even great Gabriel Landeskog. Um, is I think his ADP finally fell to the it point finally, where he's like being honored. Bergeron, Bergeron took a while. Yeah, he was that, like that, 90, so he took a while too. Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's a good point, but I do think we've already reached the point that within the top like eight rounds, like I was saying, there really aren't that many landmines. There might just be guys that like don't make a ton of sense to take not stacked. And again, that'll start to work out with ADP and, and line up better. Um, but I don't know. I don't think there's any player that like could not help win you a championship at that in the top eight rounds. Like, there's, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty, it's pretty hard to find one at yeah. least. Ah, you son of a gun. Yeah, I have Konechny, so I'm just going to yeah keep riding this avalanche and just take Konechny Tippett. This is actually the first time I've done those two together, um, and I have you know, against them on a both, so uh, I like that. Getting, this is getting stinky. I mean, I'm double-tapping wing here. <laughs> Good <Stinky>. luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is... This is really stinky. I don't have any boost. Where, yeah, Pavel, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to lick my wounds and take Raquel first. Um, I think everyone in Pittsburgh gets a bit of a jump, including him. What's that goalie? God, Markstrom. Yick. I guess I'm going to queue Kuzmenko, although I don't think he's really worth this at all. But I can convince myself that his upside because of the power play goals. He's doing this, but I'm gonna do it. He just doesn't shoot enough. Yeah. Um, no. The uh, what the hell did you just say? You said something. Oh, Bengals, uh, Bengals I think, shoot no, I think I think Raquel could be the only guy who I think gets a slight hit as far as their like 
uh, draft value because of the Eric Carlson trade. Because I think the only reason that Raquel goes pick 100 and like, you know, uh, well before Evgeny Malkin, by the way, uh, but also like, you know, a bit before Brian Rust and Riley Smith is that the power play one role was just kind of assumed for Raquel. Um, which one, I don't think even before the Carlson trade, you could really lock that in because Brian Rust and him have been flipping off, um, you know, over the course of last year. And obviously Rust has been there for the long term. Um, but also, I think there's a decent chance that they let P. Joseph uh, run the power play two and try to set up Latang in the Raquel role in the power play one, which means, you know, in that outcome, then Raquel, Smith, and Rust are basically the same play. Um, so I, I think I'm tempering my expectations a little bit on Raquel. I'll take him at ADP or when he falls, but I'm certainly not reaching for him. Um, but, you know, this is a unique lobby, yada, yada. I get it. All yeah, right, I'm so just afraid that that doesn't happen. I am going to take my first defenseman in Charlie McAvoy. Um, I could have finished off goalie, but honestly – if Markstrom or Anderson, like I don't feel great about either one, so I'll just wait and take a take a later goal. Yeah, at the cap that minding. I certainly feel better about the Flames um, giving Markstrom a chance if he gets hot. Like I think that the upside in Markstrom is just clearly higher because I think Vladar could be bad, um, and if Markstrom can command the net again, like we saw what he did when they were good, and that was think one of the best seasons. Of the West. I think it's worse for. Or Markstrom with Ladar is bad because guess what? Dustin Wolf is coming up, and I think Dustin oh, yeah, Wolf is that net if he plays in the NHL. So we'll see. Yeah, anyway, whatever. It, it's all God. It's tough. It is tough. But but again, like I think that they're like they're much more willing to give Markstrom some leeway than Carolina, who I think truly, as we kind of yeah, talked you know, about, will run they'll run three goals. It's a new coach. Um, you know, I, I will say that uh, you know goalies who have seemed in. You know, Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson in LA, like, you know, some, some, sometimes you just got to cut bait sometimes. And, uh, you know, I don't feel great about Markstrom in any case, but yeah, that said, I, I also don't feel great about Freddie Anderson for very different reasons because I said it last week, but Carolina is simply too smart to let uh, Freddie Anderson play 50, 55 games. He's probably going to play 40. Ronta's probably going to play 30 and, Chekhov is going to play like 12 or something, you know, if all goes well. Um, but yeah, I don't see anyone getting more than half the starts in Carolina, which is the biggest problem for me, even if they do win most of those starts. Um, right. You're getting down to the nitty gritty. I'll tell you that this was a winging wing avalanche room. Yes, we are. So I had. Kempi and Malkin in mind. They both went, uh, you know, good handful of picks before me. So I'm going to take my safety blanket, take Shea Theodore. Um, I just, you know, I gave the case last week as to why I think he's literally, arguably, a top five fantasy defenseman without any sort of assumptions being made. So I'll take it. I'm I'm showing the Shea Theodore jersey in the background. Nice. I love it. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a friends and family drafts, and then we get four centers in nine rounds. That is an interesting, interesting tactic. I ah, man, let's take a peek. Who do you take? Hughes, Hints. Oh, I can't. You can see. Am I up? No, I'm not up. What can I see? Hughes, Hints, Larkin, and then Malkin. He, that's that's a lot of center. It's a lot of center. Is he injured yeah, to defend I mean, himself? 
It's a lot of correlation. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think it's correct to chase correlation over positional mm -hmm. allocation. But, you know, if somehow this team makes it out, then come playoff time, like that's where this team gets dangerous because um, it has, you know, high power correlation at center, um, which, you know, not many teams do because we're focusing on wings. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I don't think that's the correct strategy. Um, and we have data from two years ago to prove it. Uh, you know, we'll see what last year's data looks like once we get it, if we ever get it. But right. yeah, um, not a great advancement strategy. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab Jake DeBrus. Just the role getting bigger. Hopefully, there if Boston's any good, I think he could be a bit I, more. If they just kind of what? I think Jake DeBrus is one of the best uh, late round yeah. wing selections. Yeah. Um, He's a guy you know that what? in the past has shown the ability to drive play himself in the bottom six in Boston. Um, so I think now that I'm gonna, he's I'm gonna grab you know, solidified. Ooh, getting spicy. I'm gonna. I have so much Bennington right now. I'm gonna get 43 percent. It's getting out of hand. I was. It's, it's just yeah. you reach a point where you're like, I can't. And I have slow drives. I know I haven't been so going. Like he's. Mm -hmm. I just. There's a risk in Bennington of him being awful and like. We saw that last year, like you're saying, and he was still very useful. But like yes. at some point, like an injury could happen and you're just so overexposed to a goalie that you don't even think is good. It's like, all right, come no, on, I, you know. So um yeah, I think it's I, and I, like yeah. Oh, sorry about that. I totally agree. I think uh I think that's um you know, being too overweight on a specific goalie, especially now when Bennington has moved up like 20, 25 spots. Yeah. Like I'll wow. take him here because I think he makes a lot of sense for my two goalies with Saros and Olmark. Just get a guy who I know is going to start a ton to sort of offset the Olmark factor where he might not start a ton. Um, but like, I also have cooled off on my Bennington exposure just because like, even though I think he is a top 10 bankable like workload goalie. Yeah. I mean, shit can go wrong and there's no need to be totally overly exposed to a guy so that one injury ruins your season like that's just you know that's a tough pill to swallow yeah, so we got asked if goalies get fighting points but i don't even think they get assists no but i'm really pissed because uh, i actually had a good fantasy team on saturday night and uh jose ramirez didn't get the first round tko points on DraftKings, and i could have used those 90 dk points so yeah that, that was, would... was pretty upsetting <laughs> 90... Yeah, this is like my fourth time taking a stab at baseball, and I think I'm getting cranked. But let's take a peek. Yeah, I think I'm getting cranked. I have a oh. guy who's hit two home runs. That's cool. No, I, have, I actually have th I actually have three home runs in this lineup, and both my pitchers just started. So I guess that's not. Uh, so I think you're going to win that. Seems like it's a done deal, probably. Yeah, Acuna got hurt or something. I don't know. He stopped playing. Yeah, he got hurt. He got hit by a pitch and left the game. I mean, um, what is a winning score in baseball? Like, I mean, it really depends on the slate, but uh, like 200 to 250 is really what you're aiming for. But and there are some slates literally where 160 gets the job done because the chalk picture right, blew yeah. up or the chalk if, stack. If sure, yeah. How owned is Scherzer? Honestly, I'm not going to win. I'm just going to put it down. I have Scherzer and Goledo. I'm sure they're chalky. So Giolito is I'm 7% and Scherzer is oh. 60%. All right, so if Jolito goes like for 50, I think I have a chance to at least make a couple dollars because this lineup isn't that bad, but I mean, uh, I, have a, I have a zero, but whatever. My God, if you made me auto-draft talking about freaking baseball, I might have actually exited the stream. <laughs> <laughs> my distraction finally works. Matt took Darnell Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. All right. So let's take Mr. Arturia Lekkinen. I, I really, uh, really like the player. So grab my sixth wing. Um, I have a couple of center options queued up for late in the did draft. You, you know, I, I think it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to like, I have a lot of Dylan Cousins. Okay. Would you consider taking him with Tage Thompson and like the power play correlation we assume? No, I, I, I have taken or, Ryan Nugent Hopkins with Connor McDavid, um, but I don't think there's really any positive correlation between Tage and Dylan Cousins. They're just, it's very rare that they're going to play together at five on five. And Dylan Cousins, while I think he is useful on the power play, I think he correlates better with a Dalene or. Um, a Tucker Skinner, just, you know, in case they break up that top line. And, you know, I think Skinner especially is going to be one of my higher-owned mid-tier wings. Honestly, he's kind of early mid-tier given his ADP in the late 60s. But um, So I've taken Cousins, like, with a Skinner, with a Dalene. Um, but because I'm just looking to get center points, now that I've really emphasized wing and only have Tage, just betting on Buffalo again at center just really makes no sense because... You know, if I'm scoring uh, Cousins as my flex, like things probably aren't going that great all that often. So I'm going to try and get exposure to different teams and other correlations within my little uh, roster construction here. Back on the clock, I'm going to grab Brock to go with Kuzmenko, which might not ever be a thing, but whatever. Um, God, am I really going to no. eh. maybe wait on my last winger? Mm. Not these savers. I might take Cousins here, honestly. I might just say screw it. I'm going to take the one Cousins. Why not? Let's lock up center. Why not? Um, Yeah, did I max the Pipple? Of course I maxed the Pipple. I'm going to lose $750. I lit it on fire for the community, for the people, just to prove that I have the gumption to lose that kind of money. Um. No, I whatever. I mean, I did ten of them. I I really like the contest. I think it's fun to look at that hundred uh, twenty hundred twenty thousand the first and, and dream. So I'm gonna look at that hundred twenty thousand and dream. Um, whatever. I I wanted if if I didn't crush golf, I probably wouldn't have. But I mean, whatever. That uh, that makes sense. You got money to burn, so you might as well burn it. I have some fun starts, but they've. I had one that I was like setting up the Eagle stack, and um, someone decided uh, they would really, really like uncorrelated Jalen Hurts right before me. So I don't think we're going to get anything too crazy. I got zero chase, which sucked in my 10. That was like, I got one 101 early, and I said, okay, I'll just take JJ here, and then I'll like get chase next if I get 101 again or whatever. And I just never got it. So I don't love that, but. We'll see. Joe Burrow could be out for a few weeks, so we'll see. I am uh, capping off my D room with Morgan Riley. Um, so I have Charlie McAvoy, Shea Theodore, Morgan Riley on defense, uh, all after pick 100. I, I, I think that's pretty solid. Uh, my team right now, I'm looking at Tage Thompson at center. Obviously, I have two picks late to uh, wrap up center. I have Matthew Kachuk, Clayton Keller, Jeff Skinner, Travis Konechny, Owen Tippett, and Arturi Lekkinen. Uh, meaning I have the Skinner-Thompson correlation and then Konechny and Tippett correlated. Um, and then on defense, I have McAvoy, Shea Theodore, or I already read them, uh, McAvoy, Theodore, Riley on D, Saros, Olmark, Bennington in goal. So um, I'm betting on a bit of 
Boston, you know, with uh, Olmark and McAvoy. I'm keeping that in mind as I look through wing and defense, uh, sorry, wing and center for my final three selections. Um, and obviously I have many good wings to think about centers uh, that correlate, you know, to uh, any of those wingers. So, yeah, I feel, pretty, I feel pretty good about this draft. Um, so we'll see how I land this plane. Okay, guys, we got asked about uh, am I on the clock? Where am I? Oh, wait, I you are list. nowhere close to on the clock. Cool. We got asked about uh, we get better. Oh, you didn't share the draft one. board, you dummy. I just realized that this entire time you could have been sharing the draft board. Um, anyway, we'll review it. We'll review the draft afterwards. Yeah, we'll review the draft board. Um, yeah, so. If you get buried by the winger avalanche, um, it's going to happen from time to time. Um, guys in the very late rounds I've been drafting, well, first off, it's going to basically show up. I've been drafting a fair bit of Lafreniere, especially correlated. A uh, couple of shares of Bjorkstrand and Perron, just like I know they can score. So like that kind of upside in a, in a finals or whatever exists. A lot of Michael Bunting. I, I just think that, as you mentioned with Vesnikov, if he does this time especially, but even if he doesn't, Michael Bunting could be on that first power play. I mean, you think about guys like Nason that are net front and stuff, but like there really is no defined 100% power play one guys outside of Vesnikov, Aho, and Burns. Um, like they tried Terravine and they tried a, a few different guys. It just never really worked out. Um, I faded much of this range, taking some Bavillier. Again, I, I think that in a bigger role in Vancouver, where it feels like the, the like you know, if he's playing with Pedersen all season long, I mean, come on, you know, if he gets power play one time, holy crap, right? Uh, I think there's just that upside and that unknown that we don't know about, uh, which also exists with Nino Niederreiter, who I've taken a ton of. Both of them are not afraid to shoot the puck. Both of them, um, like I said, I think there's a role that's carved out and could get bigger. Um, and then I've taken a couple of shares of guys like uh, Kaliev, Hoffman. I took my first Jason Zucker. And I think me and Matt planned on kind of talking about players like Jason Zucker at the end of this. So maybe we'll wait. And then as you mentioned, Tanner, you know, and I did take one Jack Quinn, which I know he's very likely going to miss at least the first two months of the season, but he's young. Maybe he'll bounce back. Yeah. Um, sure. Did, did you read your team yet or no? Did, did we service the audio listeners um, as, as you uh, I feel like a little like... bit, but we're, yeah, I'm about to hit the turn here. So I'll start talking about my team. We'll hit the turn and then we'll get to more. So I have McDavid, Barkov, Dylan Cousins, very uh, high in my draft capital on center, but I'm fine with one of them sneaking into my utility often. And if McDavid does, well, he won't hit a down spurt, but if he does, and I think that kind of is, like I said, going to set me up for being very unique in the playoffs where I took Barkov like 20 picks after ADP, Cousins like 20 picks after ADP. I think this is going to be a unique combination. If, if like McDavid goes crazy and Barkov goes crazy in a week, that's that'd be great. Uh, Nylander, Evander Kane, Raquel, Kuzmenko, DeBrusque, and Besser. You probably noticed not a ton of correlation there, but enough. Um I'm going to grab my third goalie right now in Elvis versus Lincolns to round out my net, which would be Vasilevsky, Aiden Hill, and Merce Lincolns. I think Merce Lincolns is going to see a ton of run in net, so why not? Um, I'm going to cue Michael Bunting. Where do I just take Connor Brown? You know what? I'll get my first Connor Brown chair. You know what? Actually, I'm not going to take Connor Brown. I kind of think he stinks. I'm going to take Michael Bunting. I already, I already have Evander Kane, McDavid, and... Um, Bouchard, and I think this is kind of an important 
point to make um, that I want to find more data to support what I'm going to say, and we don't have it yet. But I am of the mindset, like in football, where if you're overstacking at a certain point, it's going to negatively affect your team. And maybe Edmonton's a bad example of that because of Big David. Like if you have that guy, it's kind of like taking Patrick Mahomes and then being like, well, I only took two receivers because, you know, whatever. Like I guess you could take that third receiver because of how good Patrick Mahomes is. Um, in, in my opinion, I just I did think three is kind of my, my stopping point for most of my sacks. Um, just assuming that like you're kind of just cutting another position in a finals that doesn't need to be cut. And I think Michael Bunting has way more upside than Connor Brown. I, I mean, I tend to agree with that assessment. Um, okay. And I, I think once you take Evander Kane, you're really saying, uh, you know, McDavid's yeah. wing is locked up. Like, if Evander's not there, then, yeah, you're, you know, get your exposure elsewhere. Uh, I'm going to cap off the Clayton Keller. Uh, this is, like, my first Clayton Keller uh, share in 27 drafts now. So I'm obviously going to cap it off with Nick Schmaltz. Um, I think Schmaltz and Keller are the two most likely to play together. And Logan Cooley and Barrett Heaton are kind of jockeying for the 1C position. Like, I think Schmaltz will be a full-time wing this year. And I think he will be Keller's full-time running mate. Just They were so good last year. I'm happy to take the ADP value on Nick Schmaltz, assuming that Keller's actually worth pick 42, which I'm not convinced he is. Um, I think he's more of a 60 to 70 type ADP guy like Jeff Skinner. Um, but, you know, again, if, if drafting like I am correct, then I think Nick Schmaltz makes a ton of sense for my team uh, as a center option. So I'll take him. And then I have a player queued up who I will be shocked if they get drafted in the uh, the final round here. But we'll see. I'm not going to spoil yeah. it just in case yeah. someone out there wants yeah. to be a dick. Yeah, this this connection has, has been made by me a few times, but it, it honestly it's like it's like a perfect correlated sort of thought process until it isn't the tight end to goalkeeper. Um, I took me a minute to think of what GK meant, but I, I am assuming you mean goalkeeper, which yes. is not totally what I call it, but you know I I get it. Um, it's like the tight end to goal goalie makes a lot of sense because you think like there's this this elite top end. Like I think in the drafting sense of like there's an elite section. And then there's kind of a middle section. And then there's kind of like a dumpster diving. Let's take our stabs at uh, certain guys section. But I do think you're almost like rewarded in a sense for how bad a team could be with a goalie that gets more starts. That's your Jordan Bennington example, where it's like, that doesn't really exist in football, where it's like, this team is so bad that they have to give their tight end targets. It's like, that doesn't work. Uh, but in hockey, it's like, if a team's so bad, they get, you know, give up 40 shots a game. That actually helps your goalie by how bad the team is being and not producing offense. Um, so it's, it, it's like perfect until it isn't, which is why I'm more likely to take a stab on a Jordan Bennington, uh, or, uh, Elvis versus Lincoln's where it's like the, the net is seemingly theirs to be lost. And if that's the case, then like, all right, perfect. I'm going to then hope that they have at least one or two peak weeks in them. And those peak weeks could look really, really, really good at moving you forward. And if it just happens to be in the playoffs, well, hello. And late in the year. You know, a team that has nothing to play for, playing against, you know, maybe it just it just works out. So, Matt, you're about to be on the clock with your secret last pick, your center. No one knows. Josh Absolutely. Norris still Nobody available. knows. That Josh is kind Norris. of crazy. It's, it's making me uh, second thinks a lot of things, um, the fact that I could just grab Norris. But I, I kind of, um, you know, my, my thought in making this selection is that I've already taken Charlie McAvoy and Lena Solmark. 
I'm basically betting on Boston not taking that big of a step back um, because one, Olmark needs to get a lot of points to you know to be worth it, um, a lot of wins, and two, like Charlie McAvoy just kind of I think needs the point production to really be a useful D on this team. Like I don't have a Roman Yossi or a Rasmus Dahlin to really pull me up. Obviously, I think Shea Theodore could be one of those guys, but it's not a guarantee. So if I'm really betting on Boston like this. They need a number one center. And guess who's going to get the first crack at it alongside David Pasternak? It's going to be Pavel Zaka. Um, so I think there's enough offensive upside there based on, you know, his very dated history now. Um, but he's been a productive player. So I'm going to see if he can take that step forward and really help this team as far as uh, incredibly unique, but also sort of just like betting on this overall environment of Boston not being as bad as most of the time, I think they will be when I'm drafting, um, where I think they could be the team that, you know, falls all the way out of the playoffs, even though that's a preposterous drop. Um, yeah, I, I, I am going to take a, a player I sadly have taken a couple of times now in the last pick, and that's Mackenzie Weger. It's never a favorite to do, and, and I get that the upside isn't incredibly high, but he does feel like that. Jacob Truba light example of a guy that's just going to have a ton of hits, going to block a ton of shots. And if the, that shot on goal volume gets back up there, whether they trade Hannafin or not, and I think they very likely could still do that. It does seem like that exists. I think that he ends up getting back into the mix as a guy that people are drafting. So, I, I, you know, the, the rates yeah. are why you're drafting him. And if he gets even close to that production he had in Florida, which is unlikely, but realistically, it's just him shooting more. Um, that I think would get him that nudge. So I like Mackenzie Weger as a last pick overall here, just fine to round out my defense. Uncorrelated, but like I said, I'm not taking it because I think he's going to have a ton of assists. Like it's going to be because he has, you know, those two peak weeks with all those hits, blocks, and uh, shots on goal that get him there. So any qualms, quarrels with Mackenzie Weger? Uh, many, but you know, I, I understand your reasoning. Um, I, I mean, I just think the player is not very good and, uh, uh, did you leave Hannafin still on the board? Yeah, Hannafin was I did. on the board. Um, yeah, it was I just, between the two. Between I think Hannafin is slightly higher upside. And so, like, I get, I get, uh, you know, I've taken Jake Truba and I really don't like the player. <laughs> Anyone who's in the Discord, you know, knows that. Um, but there's really, uh, you know, I, I think there's uh, not a ton of an upside case for Hannafin. <laughs> that like Jake Truba actually does have um but I, I get I get the standpoint I get not saying I get saying I don't want to take a uh you know a, you know Sean Dersey or a Jamie Drysdale or some of these more upside laden players that I've been mixing in because I'm trying to find that guy who's the D15 that jumps out of nowhere kind of um but you're saying I'm very comfortable getting the D30 at D50 because this guy is going to get me points every week. And if Montour is hurt or if Bouchard just has a down week or something, like he's going to get me there with blocks and hits and, you know, things that aren't necessarily upside laden. So I get it. Um, just not a guy to be mixing in because I don't think there's really a path um, to him being the sort of player I want to target. Anyway, uh, let's go this draft. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of similar names to last week, but I think we can uh, start things off. Um, is there a better way to show each person's team? Do I just do the this draft board? I think it's kind of like think, right? Yeah, but then it's kind of like you can't see their whole team, like as it. Like I wish I could just make this. That's fair. Yeah, the the pick value, the ADP pick value. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. 
The uh, again, I don't like the underdog interface. I think it sucks. But hey, I just wish uh, I could like people love it. Over I don't know. It, it, it's it's definitely better, but yeah, I see what you mean. But I don't know if it's any better for this though. I'm trying to get my all right, that's working now. Um, okay, right. so yeah, we're gonna go really quickly through my team because I already named most of it. So again, McDavid, Barkov, Cousins, Nylander, Evander Kane, Ricard Raquel, Andre Kuzmenko, Jake DeBrusque, Brock Besser, Michael Bunting, Evan Bouchard, Brandon Montour, Kenzie Weger, and goalies, Vasilevsky, Aiden Hill, Elvis Merslaken. On the right side, you can pick teams. Yeah, like this, right? Is that what you mean? But like, I, I want this to be like my full screen. Like, I want this section. Yeah. I want this to show yeah. over everything else. You want, it to be a, you want it to be a pop-up almost where it's like a new window. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay, but yeah, we'll get to yeah, the next I will, team. I don't know. Okay. I will say I think your team is pretty weak at wing. Like, obviously. It, oh, it is. David, so team, you know, that gets papered over a bit with McDavid. Um, but when I do get McDavid's, I'm really making an effort to try and have at least four D or four wingers by, you know, like, yeah, you have four wingers by pick a hundred, but you got there with 96 and 97. And those are two guys who I'm not all that excited about. So um, yeah, DJ, great idea. Uh, the completed drafts page. I think it's a little bit bigger there. Um, okay. Yeah. That's what I went to. Oh, Okay, yeah, it's bigger. Okay, so, well, yeah, my team, first off, I think my one mistake then, if, if we're talking, is just Thanks, not, taking Evan, not taking Evan Bouchard and taking a wing and just punting yeah. defense on the line. Um, I think that, that would have made this team a lot better. Going, I, I think the, wing at the, turn. The, uh, the luxury pick of Vasilevsky is obviously where that sort of comes into play, where, like, uh, you know, you have McDavid, you have your locked-in goalie, like, you grab Nylander, and then, like, yeah, the, the maybe the Montour pick, honestly, is a bit more tenuous to me just because, you know, but there wasn't much available then. So there's you know, nothing there. Yeah. Process. I was grabbing um, connecting at that point. So. And it's like, okay. whatever. Right, yeah, uh, next person, uh, if you're in here, if you're in here, cool. Uh, I'll read through the centers at first. Uh, Dreisaitl, Pavelski, Reinhardt. Um, yeah, I think you probably could have waited on Pavelski, but whatever. Like, centers just kept stick, sticking around. And I get how good Pavelski was last year, but. At some point, I think he's going to drop off, and he normally, like his ADP is going to continue to fall over time. Um, any thoughts on centers, or just keep going? Keep going, because Pavelski wasn't correlated, so that's why I think it's a bit. Yes. Anyways, Zach Zach Hyman, yeah, you grabbed him um, when I did not. Uh, so Hyman and Drysdale connection. Brad Marchand, Tyler DeFoley, Claude Giroux, Brandon Hagel, Riley Smith, and Matthew Nyes. Kind of can't imagine taking Matthew Nyes without anyone else personally, but I. You know, he's fine. Like, if he's in that top six, like, I get there's upside, and you don't need to correlate every pick, but he definitely feels like much more of a last round correlated with Matthews, Marner type of guy. Any thoughts on yeah, so uh, No, definitely agree with your nice take. Um, I think Claude Giroux alone is just a strange pick. I don't really see the case for him having a ton of upside. Um, I think he's fighting a lot of chefs in the Ottawa kitchen and I don't think he's the, I don't think he's the main guy in Ottawa. Um, and he doesn't really have the underlying rates to support not being the main guy. Um, so, I mean, that's just a player specific though. Um, in general, I think you do it right. When you get a Leon Dreisaitl, you wait and you grab, you know, later round centers. So I get it. That's fine. You know, don't really have a problem with taking Pavelski there just because, you know, it, he's a good player. 
probably a strong fantasy producer and you're not like reaching. Um, I'm just not going to take Devin Levi really. Um, you know, that yeah. definitely not taking him 12 picks ahead of, ahead of ADP. Um, there's just been no reason to believe Buffalo is going to give him 40, 45 starts. Um, but we'll see. So, yeah, Sorokin, Levi, Schmid, and then uh, Dougie Hamilton, most side have been done. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah, I mean it's a good build. I, I, you know, I think you got a couple of nice correlations. I may have ruined your DeBrusque Marchand one that you may have wanted, but um, <laughs> that's, that's I, I don't think it's yeah, definitely not a bad team. Definitely a team that has All a lot right. of upside. Um, next is flop winner. Not sure if they're in here. They went with four goalies, so we'll get to that at the end. Uh, three six three four. Austin Matthews, Nico Heischer, and Mark Shifley. They did some good correlation here. It looks like with the Shifley Connor Ehlers. I think that's a lot of fun. I love the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Alex Tuck, Cole Caulfield. I really wanted Cole Caulfield. I just, that was the one that I took Bouchard instead. Uh, whatever. So uh, Connors, Tuck, Caulfield, Ehlers, Patch Ready, Kane. Wouldn't have taken Patrick Kane. As I pointed out, I probably will end up with 0% unless yeah. if we hear some crazy news that he's definitely going to play. Um, keep going. Yeah, I'll just finish up. Yeah. I'll lead. I'll with Tuck. Sergachev to go with uh, maybe no one and Noah Dobson and then Stuart Skinner, Jeremy Swayman, Phoenix Copley, and Sam Montenville. Yeah, you kind of got Coley out so there. A little this bit. is, I think, this is a team where I understand the underlying thought process. And like, I got blocked out of goalies, I need to take some late, so I take four of them. I just don't know if wing is the position you can sacrifice to do this like to me it's almost like a, i have rasmus Dahlin, you know like i might need to bank on him being my number one or even center i have austin matthews and nico heischer like i just don't think you can take less wings because you need an extra goalie um and then especially doing that with max pacioretty who probably only plays half the season and patrick kane who is probably only going to play half the season and might not even have a team to play half the season on. Um, I, I just don't think that's, I just don't think that's the right approach. I think you're really betting on Winnipeg to be just an absolute smash fest. And I don't really like that, bet. there's much less uh, risky ways, I think to, to build a team. So I understand the yeah. process, but that's not how I would uh, go about sort of the goalie position in general in the sacrifice okay. thereby. Uh, no, Nobo up next. He gives us an, another three seven three three. McKinnon, Verhage, and Nachos. I do love all three of those centers, and I have a good bit of exposure on all of them. Um, yep, McKinnon at four makes sense, no problems. Jake Gensel, the first winger, could not start the year, but like we said, might be back much earlier than anticipated, so could not be any big deal at all. Gaudreau, Kreider, McCann, Gusnevich, Hartman, Krill, Marchenko. Haven't taken much Marchenko myself. I get it. Like he had 20 goals and like two assists last year or whatever. Like what if he just kind of is that kind of a gifted player and he figures it out in the roles there, et cetera. But um, yeah, Roman Yossi, Chris Letang, who was falling and fell to 124. Makes sense. Eric Carlson in. Letang might not have as big of a role, but might not matter that much. So I think at 124, that's probably about correct. Devin Taves, the last winger, and goalies are Ilya Samsonov, uh, Vanacek, and Grubauer. Matt, what are your thoughts here? Uh, looks looks right to me. Um, don't really have any major takeaways. I think this is the sort of team that I could totally see myself building, you know, with some player-specific takes aside. Um, really no no thoughts. I think Novo gets it. We see him in the lobbies a lot. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's totally, totally a good team. 
next Noah, I'm not sock, but I don't know, whatever it is, sock muffin. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you're going for exactly, but I'm going to go with that. Zabinijad, Nugent Hopkins, Cairo. I, I do think this is a, a nice way of doing center when you miss out on the top guys. Um, very good three guys that all can contribute uh, every week in different ways. Um, so I love Zabinijad. I think getting him at 44 is probably a steal. So it looks really good. You started really winger heavy with posture, not getting a little bit of a dip on uh, Mitch Marner, which is nice, not correlated, but who cares? Like Mitch Marner is going to have a hundred points potentially. So it's fine. Uh, Patrick Laine, a guy that we're really high on. I don't have any Jamie Benn and probably won't. And then Lafreniere and Nino Niederreiter, Connor Brown. There's upside in all three of those guys, but I, again, I haven't taken any Connor Brown yet. I just think there's better guys in a vacuum, but I get that you had such good, winger started that you kind of waited it out. Um, Adam Fox correlated makes sense. Darnell Nurse way after ADP, but I think his ADP should dip. Um, Bouchard's taking that first power play. Like he definitely feels like more of a 140 and later, but the minutes are there and he's going to play with McDavid and others. Uh, so I, I still think he's draftable. Thomas Shabbat, I was high on him, but again, it's a bit of a risk on the top power play if he's going to get it or not, but minutes are going to be there and he's going to play on one of the best offensive producing teams. So Definitely still draftable. And then finally, Ottinger, Demko, Freddie Anderson. I guess it makes sense to take Freddie Anderson in this kind of a mix after ADP when you have two bell cow goalies, like whatever. I guess Freddie Anderson gets hot for a couple of weeks and Carolina's winning every game. Sure, like he definitely fits in, but you maybe could have waited on goalie and just, you know, tapped another winger in there to even the, even the spread out, but that's fine. Yeah, um, so I don't, have a ton uh, of feedback, but because I know he's in here and sort of uh, made a comment, I think one thing to consider is when you draft David Pasternak there, um, Charlie McAvoy fell to me at 103 on defense. Um, and looking at this decor, like, you know, Adam Fox obviously has upside, but I don't think he's the sort of horse that you're really looking to get too super late D to, to attach to. Um, so I think it makes a lot of sense to transition out like the Jordan Cairo pick at 101 specifically. Like I get there was value there. I understand the, the thought process. I think Charlie McAvoy is a better pick given the circumstances. You're, you're drafting David Pasternak. If you're going to beat the, the one through four teams that have McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews, you know, whatever, you need Pasternak to go nuts. And I think McAvoy is a much likelier power play one defenseman than Hampus Lindholm this season. Um, I could be wrong, yeah. but I think just given McAvoy's rates in general, the ice time he's going to play and that exposure to the elite David Pasternak power play stats, that I think he makes more sense for that team than like a Jordan Cairo does, especially because you can just grab, you know, almost any center yeah. late who's going to get pretty similar to Jordan Cairo. So, you know, yeah, very much, not losing though, yeah. I think I'm not losing any sleep over this team if I drafted it, um, besides maybe Jamie Ben, but, you know, that that's another story. Um <laughs> Yeah, but just uh, just something specific that I'm thinking about looking at it and thinking how the draft played out. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I just think yeah, it the, it's the perfect way to put it is like you're not you're losing more by taking Jordan Cairo and not taking another position there than Jordan Cairo is probably going to make up by taking a center at 101 instead of taking a center at like 150. I mean, look at how many set like Trevor Zegers. I'm pretty sure went undrafted in this lobby. And yeah. Kyra is a much better player, but I think you could have really upgraded the core. Um, I mean, like I got Dylan Cousins like 45 picks later because all of these centers are falling. And I, I, yeah, I, I get that again, Jordan Cairo really could be one of the more elite rate shooters in this league and, and find his footing this year and really take another step. But 
I think you're kind of hoping that doesn't happen on this team and you're hoping that Boston, it just finds it again. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really good team. We'll get moving a little faster now. I think we're probably going to start losing people. Uh, Pedersen, Eichel, Kopitar. Kopitar fell really far, if you're listening, at 174, um, which I think is about where you take him. Like He's still draftable, but I, yeah, he's going a little bit too high. Um, early on, he was going like 70 range, but he really had a great year last year. I think we forget about how many points he really banked. So Pedersen, Eichel, and Kopitar, I think it's a good center core. Uh, Kaprizov, Panarin, Marcheseau, Stone, Zuccarello. So you've already heard two correlations. Rust and a guy I'm never going to draft in Blake Wheeler. Um, finally, Quinn Hughes, Jacob Truba, Drew Doughty. Again, I think you probably noticed some correlation in that mix with uh, you know your Pedersons, your uh, Kopitar, and Panarin with, with Truba, even though they're not power play. And finally, uh, Hellebuck to give ahead of the initial goalie avalanche. Bobrovsky, who seemingly should have that net locked up. And then Marc-Andre Fleury, kind of taking a bet on him at pick 187 that he's actually still going to be used heavily in Minnesota. Um, yeah, I have no problem with this team. I can't really think of anything other than, like, no, no. I don't love Panarin at his ADP still, but I think he's, you know, draftable. Like, he's still one of the better players in the league if his yeah, grades get up. Yeah. You're betting on, you know, the team being pretty good with Blake Wheeler and Jacob Chupa in there. So, like, yeah, I get it. Um, and Marc-Andre Fleury, same deal. Like, oh, if Caprizov and Zuccarello go nuts, like, yeah, obviously you have to hurdle Gustafson to get, like, the lion's share of the net. But, um, you know, at some point you got to take somebody. And so I think you could poke holes at anybody, but there's ADP. Yeah, you already, yeah, you already have Hellebuck and right. you already have Bobrovsky. So, yeah, there's that much. There's me. Um Again, Thunder, uh, Tage, I took Skinner as well. Nick Schmaltz with Clayton Keller. Pavel Zaka with Charlie McAvoy and Linus Holmark as my sort of Boston bet that I talked about toward the end of the draft. Otherwise, I have Matthew Kachuk as my first pick uh, at seven. Um, I have Konechny and Tippett as a mini correlation there. Like those two players, like them together, obviously. So I'm happy to ride the avalanche out, take them ahead of ADP. Uh, Terry Lackanen, Jake Vrana, just two guys that I think have decent upside and uh, were, was late in the draft and just needed those seven wings. Um, I also have Shea Theodore and Morgan Riley to go with Charlie McAvoy on defense. Um, and then I have Saros, Olmark, and Jordan Bennington as my three goalies. Really like my team. Um, Obviously, I drafted it, but I uh, feel much better about this team than like last week's team, for instance, if you're looking for you know minor things to prod me on. Let's uh, go to picking yeah. Bates. Yeah, so Bates, um, <clears throat> Stamkos, Aho, Horvat, all after ADP, except Horvat was just one pick after ADP, but the other two well after ADP. So uh, makes sense to bet on those guys. He also correlates that Aho with Sveshnikov, which I think is – probably the right bet, like especially golf comes back early, et cetera, could be a really, really good smash. That team will shoot. Uh, Rantanen at eight makes sense. That's where he's going. Forsberg, Taylor Hall, Anders Lee, Jordan Everly, and Tara Vinen to really round out that. Yeah, no burns. So round out that Carolina bet. Um, I took fun thing from you, so maybe that's what you wanted. A lot of Carolina, but like I said, that's a team that does shoot. I think all those guys have peak upside type weeks in them. No problem really anywhere except maybe – you know, he kind of fell off on wing, but made up for that, I think, at center being really strong. And defense, Victor Hebben to go with Stamkos. Josh Morrissey, I don't think, yeah, there's no one there to go with Josh Morrissey, but that's fine. Rasmus Anderson, that's really who you want on uh, the Flames, not um, whoever I took, freaking Uyghur. But the, again, you know, I, I, he wasn't there for me. I would have taken Anderson every time. Um, 
had bunting. Yeah, had bunting. Yeah, 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 he's fine. I think I think a lot of bunting these days. Uh, Shesterkin, Markstrom, and Carter Hart. Shesterkin uh, really can help make up for any problems if Markstrom isn't the guy you needed. I think Shesterkin is definitely going to be the guy you need if you if you can get him. And then Carter Hart, Lion share of the net, and um, you know if they're not a terrible team, sure. I think Matt would have happily happily hoped he got that that got back to him. But what are you gonna say? Yeah, I uh, so I I like the idea when you go, you know, Rantanen, and then you draft the goalie, and then you sort of keep going on wing with the later picks, such to call it Forsberg. When Steven Stamkos falls 14 spots past ADP, and you can correlate that with Victor Hedman, and then when Sebastian Ajo falls 20 spots past ADP, and you already have Svechnikov, like that's a really good way to sort of overcome the fact that you don't have one of those top four centers. Um, you know, so that's sort of the game. Uh, we, we've talked about it before, but data that we have, which is not last year's data, but you know, the fact that it's really hard to win without one of those top ceiling guys. Um, building through the wing position and actually getting good correlation like this um, as it sort of falls ADP wise is a really strong way to go. Um, so I like this. Uh, things seem to work out really well for, for this team as it went. So uh, kudos. I think that's a pretty strong draft. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know who lay lack. I, I want to say they were in our draft last week too. So they yeah, were. they were. I just don't know how to say it, but late, late, we're all Laylac UF. Uh, University how about of Layla? Layla Cuff. Sure, Layla Cuff. There you are. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think this is if this isn't the latest. I think actually Bedard at forty two is the latest I've seen. But Bedard at forty, um, again, bet on that upside. If he actually just comes in the league and torches it, yeah. I think that's a going to be a really good value. Uh, John Tavares at 81, as you're noticing the trend of all the way, all the centers falling. Kempe at 105, so a nice center for there. Brady was your first pick at nine. Brady the Chuck, Dubois to go with Kempe, Huberdo, uh, the guy that I have taken zero of so far. Um, Tarasenko, I, I think again, like with the wing avalanche that exists, he makes sense to to bet on a guy that if it gets the right role on that team, it could be magical. Uh, Valerie Nertushkin, Lucas Reichel to go with that bet on Connor Bedard. Love it. And then Andrew, Andrew Mangiapani, a guy that I have not taken yet, but I keep kind of thinking about, especially when I'm taking flames. Um, what if what if he does just get back to that, what he was before? Cal McCarr, 16th, um, really good value. Doesn't correlate, but you know, it correlates with Nertushkin, I guess. So, yeah, whatever. Um, Chikrin, coming around to him more and more. Like him and Tarasenko, I think, and, and Brady make a ton of sense as a threesome, just like if that's the guy in the power play for whatever reason, and then Seth Jones rounds out your Chicago bet, which everyone's making right now. Um, Georgiev correlates with Bakar and whatever, like he's obviously awesome. I've been taking a lot of Cam Talbot, um, betting on him over Copley, who I think is just like a career backup type of player. And I think that they got Talbot for a reason and they went out and got Corpusalo for a reason because they can't trust um, Copley to run the net. So maybe Cam Talbot's a bit, you know, long in the tooth, doesn't quite get as many starts as you need, but whatever. And then, you know, Logan Thompson, you kind of got screwed. You had to take someone, and if he's back and starting, like, he's a fine bet to take. Uh, so any anything, Matt, here? Yeah, I mean, losing goalie like this, I think, is a little tough to overcome. Um, but we'll see, you know. Uh, things, can, things can happen. My priors can change. Going in, I think I'm looking to get at least two goalies um, that I trust. And, you know, having two that are very, very dicey um, is kind of problematic. But, you know, uh, those are the trade-offs you make, just not one I'm willing to, to make. So, 
I, I, I think that Talbot could save you. I really – I'm starting to believe, but I've been wrong on goalies before, i.e. George yeah. last year. I personally take Copley over uh, Talbot. Like, I don't have any Talbot, and I probably have, like, 7% of Phoenix, so. Well, that's probably right. That's probably wrong because I cannot judge goalies, I guess, after last year. Yeah, but uh, Joda, this is the one that people were like, what's going on with the centers? But, again, he, you know, he grabbed a lot of really, really good centers. Uh, Jack Hughes, Rupe Hans, Dylan Larkin, and uh, Evgeny Malkin, you know. Did he need to do it? Maybe not. Let's get let's get to, uh, you know get to the rest of the guys. Tim Stutzel, Alex Debrinket, Jesper Bratt, Lucas Raymond, Anthony Declare, and Oliver Brookstrand. Does feel a little bit thin at the wing position. Eric Carlson, Wierenski, Falk. I love all three of those guys. No problem with any of them. Um, Correlates with Malkin and, and Carlson makes a little bit of sense there. And finally, Jari correlating with Pittsburgh being good. Billy Cuso and Hoffer, who is the back up in st louis right yeah that is an absolute sicko selection uh totally could work you know we talked about bennington and now there's that to him just being bad and hofer has a prospect pedigree he's uh likely to be the backup now that grice is gone and you know they've uh obviously Huso is no longer in st louis from two years ago so yeah i i get it there's a path um you know, again, I'm trying to get more solidified goalies, especially right now without the training camp sort of uh, battles being sorted out. But, um, you know, I, I understand. Um, and again, the, the fact that you're taking four centers, I personally don't agree with it. But like uh, smart people have sort of fought back on that. And I get it. Like Evgeny Malkin is objectively a better selection than, you know, Jake DeBrusque. Like if you're not considering a positional of yeah. uh, considerations but i just think that um the fact that you have the start two wingers makes it of the utmost importance yeah. to just continue to load up on that position um, yeah i mean it's, and you can again, only like it's, start it's, centers yeah i think it's really With, easy to convince someone of like the football analogy of quarterback being like oh i'm not going to take over quarterback here they can't score but for some reason like it, it, the super flex feel of center is, is maybe enough for people to just go, get over that hurdle but um, you still got to start two wingers and yeah, but I don't know. I, I guess the four centers getting there. I just don't know if it, like this team needed a fourth, like you just shouldn't have taken Dylan Larkin probably. Oh, well, should you ever take Dylan Larkin is the real question. Yeah. Like you're just, yeah, it just seemed unnecessary, but that's, that's the one <laughs> yeah. I think I'd come All back right. and just, I'd change. G- All right, two more Crosby, Eric Zanek and Kadri. No qualms with any of your centers. Uh, Jason Robertson, Timo Mayer, Matt Boldly, already correlating with Eric Zanek, probably, maybe, at least in the power play. Drake Batherson, Troy Terry, Perron, Marcus Johansson. That's an interesting one. Don't think I've seen him selected yet. Um, Miro Heiskinen, Alec Pietrangelo, Jamie, J- Jamie Drysdale, another guy I haven't really seen selected yet, but probably top power play in Anaheim if he's back at full And after my own heart. Yeah, I love Jamie Drysdale last year. Um, Injury really, really stunk. I think Zellweger, there's a case to be made that he could come in and, and also take away a bit from Jamie Drysdale. But um, yeah, we, we talked about this in the Discord. So, um, like GA, literally, I think was the one who asked the question. Um, so we talked a bit about Drysdale. But yeah, uh, you basically have the bet on Zellweger and uh, Mintyukov just not making the team right away, um, which I think is more likely than not. Um, but we'll see. You know, uh, 
Drysdale has a ton of prospect pedigree. I'm willing to give him one more season to let that shine before we move on to the next prospects who are fun yeah. in Zellweger and Mintyukov. And then goalies are Gustafsson, Kemper, and Vishmelka. Yep. Uh, no problem. Kind of made his own Solid. Minnesota bet, the, the other Minnesota bet. Um, and yeah, all good. All good right there. Final team, Tristan's best balls. Right, these are his best balls right here. Braden Point, JT Miller, Thomas Hurdle. So uh, yeah, I think that's totally fine. I kind of feel like he jumped up into Hurdle, which I'm not. I don't know. I think you could have maybe just waited on him, but that's okay. I, I, I mean, I'm not sure I get that one, but but okay. fair enough. Kucherov, Ovechkin, that rocks. Uh, Fiala, great. Bertuzzi, Arvidsson, Wilson, Oshi. I, I mean, I don't think again, like I like I talked about, and just John Carlson here. Like betting that hard on Washington might be just a little bit too much. Like, don't just take one of those wingers out of there. Like Ovi and Wilson or Oshi and Carlson, but not both. I think taking both is just sort of getting a bit too far. Um, Cheers, Noah. Have a good one. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for interacting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, A lot of of fun. Uh, Yeah, Burns, John Carlson, Luke Hughes. I guess if you're going to take Luke Hughes, again, I probably would have waited, but um, you might as well do it with Burns and Carlson thinking, like, is he ever going to mix in? But that's like a last pick type thing. Yeah. Uh, Corpusalo, John Gibson, and then Piotr Kuchekov, again, in that Carolina uh triple so I, I think a couple questionable calls uh mainly a really 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 good start that i think you just sort of again point kucherov awesome like you're just you had such a strong start here that it could be enough to overcome but i think is a bit of a mistake grabbing a, another like i think you wait on wilson i think you just you just gotta like let adp the way it's going uh fall in line but maybe someone stamps you on wilson you're at the turn you could miss them um i don't take oshi i don't take luke hughes and i probably don't take hurdle um yeah okay yeah, taking uh, uh t- taking carolina's third goalie i think and going up so far to take luke hughes and tomas hurdle like that's a little questionable to me and that's really the only thing that i would you know push back on i think with jt yeah. miller you really should be looking at those late vancouver wings um you know the pavilion yeah exactly like the just, Bessers, yeah. kuzmenko just someone there who will you know, correlate better, but I, yeah, I think that the, the Vancouver and you, you, you know, you went up and got, um, what's his freaking name? I'm totally, Oh, you went up and got hurdle. Like take one of the sharks instead of, yeah. I don't know. Just yeah. like you, you already, I mean, you walk yourself into it. Uh, we have three questions on Twitter and they should all be really quick. And then I think we'll get out of here. Matt, we're at a minute, uh, an hour 35. So let's do this quickly. Yep. The first one was ideal construction. Three seven three 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 centers seven wingers three defensemen and three goalies. That's your heuristic, and you can make very minor adjustments from there. But wouldn't go far. Uh, anything yes. to add or change on that? Nope. No. Uh, if you want some a slightly more involved nuanced discussion, I believe we talked about this last week on last week's show. So um, yeah. So the, the next is about about rookies in general. Um, just kind of like what is their impact on the field or whatever. And I just think that it's just a very general statement. All of the rookies go a little bit too high for my liking almost every time. Um, they just get weighted higher. They're new. They're fresh. They're fun. Look at Luke Hughes in this lobby. Um, look at Devin Levi in this lobby. It's like, we don't know what they are. And it's like the brand new car is right there, but this guy could be a brand new car. It's like, just take the brand new car is, is my uh, mentality on most of this stuff. Yeah. We're not, um, you know, in football, you're really dealing with, you know, you think about it on each team, there are about 
12 draftable players if you're counting you know two tight ends three running backs one quarterback and however many wide receivers that leaves in hockey you're dealing with you know 20 per team and there's fewer rounds there's only 16 rounds um so i think trying to find like that sneaky breakout is just a bit less necessary in hockey because there's you know there's just so many more players available um to be selecting um so you know and i think that's really the the main reason and i don't want to be too overexposed to rookies who i'm not 100 sure like make the team in a premium role um, because some teams, you know, they'll introduce guys on the third line for a season or two seasons and just see what happens, even though we know they're better than that. Um, so I really would like to have the sort of like training camp uh, line rush type confirmation before I start taking rookies. Um, and that includes, you know, guys like Lucas Reichel, who I absolutely love. Um, you know, I'm just really tempering expectations until we get that like confirmation um, that these guys are here to stay and they're here, here to play. Okay. And then, you know, the final question was about cheap stacks. And I mean, it's kind of hard to like do on the fly. Um, and I just think that every, almost every single team has premium assets that are going earlier that like you can backdoor so many stacks, but I mean, I think the cheapest stack is just going to end up being San Jose, which is like completely free in every aspect. There's just no defenseman to put it with. And I made the case for that on Twitter and I can go into more detail um, on another stream, but other than how free they are, like getting cheap pieces to Pittsburgh is kind of going away. Getting cheap pieces of Vancouver starting to go away. Is there any other team you can think of where, or, or like any like example of a player that's basically free at the end of the drafts that you think is like a really good pairing piece with yeah, I mean, a team in general? It's the bad team. It's the Arizona, Anaheim, Montreal, uh, San Jose. Yeah. You can get their number one players, you know, number one center, number one wing, like you can sometimes get those players like really late. So I think focusing on that, especially when you're not looking at obvious correlations, like, yeah, when you have a Malkin, you know, take a Pittsburgh guy, but like um, anytime you can get like a number one option or a potential number one option on a team, I think that's just a, a, a good approach. So, um, you know, my takey take that that sort of rises is I think Logan Couture is a better bet than Tomas Hurdle. Um, I just I, I think I like the player more and I like Kutcher's like role slightly more. Um, so I'm I'm taking Kutcher. I'm not taking Hurdle at the moment. Like we'll see what lines look like or whatever. But I'm pretty sure I like Logan Kutcher more than Hurdle. Um, just as a general uh, thought. But yeah, basically any bad team, if you find those guys that are name brands like Zegras or Suzuki, um, like they're not great, but they're so cheap that they don't need to be great. Um, and they're so solidified in their roles that, like, I I, th- I just think those are good late round stacks if you're really scrambling for something. Yeah, yeah. The the Bedard question we got here about like when do you take him, and I just think it's like if you don't have a center yet and it's after pick forty, like you get to that turn and he's there, that's when I take him. Yeah. I mean, if I do have one center, maybe, but like arguably, I'm never doing that. But especially when I get to that, you know. 40th overall, you're picking at what, where you picked, you picked the 40th, no, you had 42. So you get to like what, yeah. you know, where this guy was exactly where he took him at 40. It's like, I have no, no centers. Normally I'm like two, two wingers in at least. And it's like, all right, fine. Let's, let's bet on this guy. You know, let's bet on this 85, 90 point, you know, a premium shooter. Um, 
And then, yeah, I'll get definitely first off, Jenner, definitely a really great take at the end of the drafts, no matter what. But especially when you have other guys to go with him. Um, what's this? Do you think trying to get a power play stack has more value? Yeah, I mean, I think power plays are just more like predictable. So just using the heuristic of like this guy is on the first power play with this guy, instead of saying like, I know for a fact what this coach is going to do with their lines, it's just an easier way of building. And also you get an extra point or half a point for a power play point. So you get already added upside. So like, I think instead of trying to play like coach, you could just say like, I'm using this power play one or this knowledge that I'm like very confident this guy's power play one with this guy. Um, and and they'll just correlate at five on five. Yeah. And that, and that takes a bit more knowing hockey than it does like knowing the game. Um, like I, I think knowing hockey is useful, like obviously, or else I wouldn't spend so much time like reading and watching and like researching hockey as I do. Um, but I, I do think there's an element of you never really want to take passengers when there are alphas on the board still. Like, you know, and I talked about this last week with Edmonton and stacking with McDavid Dreisaitl, like Pyman and Kane. And like, I love the players and like, fantasy purposes and what they produce but man it's so tough at their adp to take those guys because they're so dependent on a coaching decision that's entirely out of our hands versus mm-hmm. players that go very close to them that are driving their own offense like they are locked into their roles because they have the talent they have the role solidified um like there's just really no reason to like bet on that mega upside when there's so much risk and that's kind of what this feels like like if you're taking a power play stack, guess what? You're taking one of the top five guys on a team. There are 32 NHL teams. There are about 160 power play one players in the league. Add on goalies, guess how many picks there are? There are about 190 picks in a best puck draft, and there are 30 goalies and 150 skaters. So like, you kind of need to be really careful that you're not over-emphasizing uh, things like rates and correlation um, to just leave one of those power play one players on the board because that's where so much fantasy production stems from and because those players tend to be the ones playing up in the lineup anyway um so you know it's more to say be very careful when you're taking guys who aren't the top four or five on their team and have a very specific purpose of what you're doing so because otherwise you're leaving yourself highly susceptible to just variance or a really bad floor outcome that you could really easily avoid i think given just how few draft picks there are in each draft and and that is and that is definitely like exactly what you just said is like what i have to explain to people that are new to the hockey best ball streets it's like this is not football you're not taking a guy that literally is likely to be a zero every single week like every draft pick you take in a hockey draft if they score that that could be okay that that doesn't mean that you had a, a horrific season like that might actually be totally fine within how long the season goes. Um, so yeah, I think that was a really, really good way of putting it, especially for if you talk to anyone that's new to drafting in hockey, it just feels weird to think like with my last pick, I'm thinking, you know, Michael Bunting, for example, and that could be a power play one player on one of the best teams in hockey. And it's like, what? That doesn't make sense. I just drafted, you know, Zamir White in like the 16th round. It's like, right, because football's stupid. Okay. Let's get out of here. Let's end on a really, really, really good explanation. Um, anything else, Matt? Um, no, make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes if you're watching YouTube and if vice versa, listen to this on iTunes or your podcast platform of, of choice. Be sure to follow um, the YouTube channel. It's in our Discord. It's on DJ and mine Twitter uh, channel. So just your Twitter 
profile. Um, so just be sure to follow us. Make sure that if you're looking to uh, do one, you know, visual or audio medium, you go to the other one because uh, there will be content on both um, throughout the season. And if you like this, you sure won't want to miss the DFS and other content we'll have coming on uh, the podcast. So, yeah, um, we did get a last second question on Makar, and he is ranked fifth and on the on the site, and he's. Honestly, I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm not. That's really that's yet, a very specific so. question for Jay. Um, but the reason it happens is because of the positional, uh, like the fact that McCarr's upside is so much higher than the rest of his position. I personally kind of disagree with that stance. Um, but it, there is yeah. the data in the background sort of uh, solidifying that. So, you know, yeah. use any projection with a grain of salt because it's very hard to account for both the season-long projection to get you to the playoffs and the projection within the playoffs that sort of gives you the upside to win the money um and so that's kind of what the rankings are trying to do in a different way than i think bj and i both conceptualize it doesn't mean it's wrong but i think it just means that there's other factors at play just like oh mccarr's the fifth best player you know we're done uh like we're not saying that when we advocate for the rankings we're advocating for the thought and the process that goes into those rankings and we will intelligently think about you know the outcome of those rankings yeah yeah it doesn't make the ranking wrong it just means that like yeah no i think that's a good way to put it yeah it, it's not wrong it's much more that like if, if if adp was perfectly efficient and everyone was drafting perfectly like why would we even be drafting right so like even if we do think or even if that is proven if we do all the math it is proven to be the fifth best pick i don't think he ever gets that high he shouldn't get that high and you're going to lose a lot at wing by not taking in a winger five six seven eight um, that it might also just not matter for those reasons, which are really hard to factor in is like how random and how much variance exists in each lobby to then say, you know, whatever. So, um, okay. Yeah. Another lobby about the fill. Let's help fill it. Yeah. We need three more Thanks, slots. Malik. I, I let's, just jumped in. Let's get out of there. Matt, take us home. That's it. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, you can find us right back here. Same time next week. Uh, join the Morning Skate Discord if you want to talk more uh, throughout the week or, uh, you know, uh, add us on Twitter or uh, DM us or whatever if you, if you just want to talk best puck. Uh, we love hockey. So, you know, uh, we're happy to carry the torch for all the hockey-loving fans out there or just people who want to gamble on a new sport because football's dumb and baseball is kind of boring and, you know, uh, golf is golf. So let's take it home. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm Doug, DJ, myself. Have a good best puck draft season, everyone, and we will see you.